Thanks so much for stopping by the Grace for a Journey podcast. This is Pastor Terry. Thank you so much again for being with us. We are in the book of Matthew, specifically Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus is teaching the Sermon on the Mount. Now, if you remember the Sermon on the Mount, there's like the Beatitudes, and then Jesus talks about sort of ethical living and how we should do this and how should we should do that? How should we view anger? How should we view forgiveness? And he's just laying out the ethics of the kingdom that he wants to bring to earth. Now he comes to a place over in chapter six where he begins to teach us how to pray. And let me just read you starting in verse five and sort of do a little little um, background on that and you know sort of rehash a little bit. Now in in Matthew six five the Bible says this: Jesus is speaking, he's teaching, he's preaching. He says, now when you pray. You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be heard and seen by others. There was a custom in the day that the Pharisees and the Sadducees would stand out there in public and pray so people could see how holy they are. (laughs) Weird, but that's what they did. In verse 6, he goes on and says this, But now when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. In other words, let your intimate prayer life, let your deep prayer life be between you and the Lord and let it be just you and the Lord. And then he goes on and says, now, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. The Gentiles had a habit of having a phrase or prayer and just repeating it over and over and over and over again. And they thought if they did that, that their God would hear and respond and they would get what they wanted or what they were asking for. And Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh. Don't do that when you're talking to the true and living God. You don't have to every other word say God. You don't have to repeat the same prayer all the time. Talk to God as though he is real and your father. You know why? Because he is. (laughs) Then it goes on and says in verse 8, Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you even ask him. So pray then like this. And now this is what we've been talking about, and this is the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, the model prayer however you want to have you want to call it and and here it is it says our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive those uh, as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil now in some translations it goes on and it says for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen and in some translations, rather than debts and debtors, it's trespasses. And then we'll talk about that when we get to it. Really, the words are are pretty interchangeable. It's whatever you're used to. So we're at the point now where we're talking about, we talked about our for the last two episodes. If you haven't listened to those, you need to go back and look at the uh, uh, Matthew 6, uh, 9, uh, and 9b uh, uh, podcasts. And that will talk about the word our. And now we're at the word father. Now, let's just stop right there. Probably this episode, we're only going to be able to sort through all the cultural anger and angst and opposition to using a gender-specific word like father. <laughs> but but the word father matters. Now, look, and I get it. In our society today, we don't want to recognize gender as being real. Gender is not a biological uh, determination uh, by your chromosomes and how God ordered you to be born. It is now a choice. Um, but in many people's mind, you could be a male, a female, or something in the middle, or perhaps a third or fourth class. We don't even know that yet. Whatever you feel, quote unquote, is what you can be. The second thing, because of the devaluing of gender, um, we don't really know what a father does. Now, Jesus lived in a time that was patriarchal. The dads ruled and led their families with authority and with certainty. 
And it was celebrated to be that way. Now, now I know what some of you are thinking right now. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was just this huge misogynistic culture. It was, uh, they hated women. They hated kids. Not true. Jesus himself, who gave this prayer, who used the word father, did more to ennoble and advance women than anybody before him had ever done. And here's two specific instances for it. Uh, In the book of Luke, you have two stories in the book of Luke about two different women that Jesus ennobled and empowered in amazing ways. One was a woman caught in the act of adultery, and they were getting ready to stone her. Jesus shows up and says, look, um, yeah, this woman was caught in the act of adultery, but, and then he begins to write in the sand. And what he began, because there was a lot of people around, they had rocks, they were ready to kill her. But what he wrote in the sand, no theologian really knows. I mean, we guess. (laughs) The one I like the best is the theologian that said, oh yeah, I know what he did. He wrote down the names of all the people in that circle getting ready to kill her who had actually been with that woman. (laughs) And so anyways, so after he wrote in the sand, whatever he wrote in the sand, everybody took off. Now, Jesus looked at her and said, look, where where are your accusers? They're not here anymore. And then he reached down and he picked her up. He said, rise up go and sin no more. Now, the fact that he is a Jewish rabbi showed compassion was amazing. The fact that he was a Jewish rabbi, that he engaged with a woman in meaningful conversation was amazing. And then the fact that he said, look, just go sin no more. Nobody's condemning you. Go and turn from your ways. That was amazing. Then the second thing that happened is, is Jesus is at this party, at this Pharisee's house. This woman crashes the party, rushes up to him, falls at his feet, begins to cry, anoints his feet with her tears, and is just crying out for Jesus to forgive her and give her peace. And somebody in the crowd says this, said, well, if he was really a rabbi or a prophet and he knew what kind of woman that was, he wouldn't be talking to her. Why? Again, because she was a woman engaged in sort of the oldest profession on earth. And, uh, and you know what? They said he wouldn't have anything to do with her. Not true. Jesus showed compassion to her. He said some amazing things about her in front of all these Jewish men and empowered her, ennobled her, and let her know how much she mattered. Jesus was not afraid to go against cultural norms and expectations. So when he uses the word father, he's not using it in a misogynistic way. He's using it in a clear way to delineate the qualities, the characteristics, the interaction, and the relationship that we're going to have with God because he is our father. Look, join us next time. We're going to pick up right here. And uh, I promise you, if, if you will, if you'll hang with us, God's going to give you unbelievable grace for your journey. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. And we thank you so much. Now be with us, Father, as we love people as you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Grace for Your Journey podcast. I pray that it has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. Pass it around if you think it would help somebody. And we look forward to you dropping by again for another episode of the Grace for Your Journey podcast.